The gospel which you have just heard read is on the subject of prayer. And it is one in which the disciples came to our Lord and asked him, how should we pray? And in answer, he gave them the prayer, which we know so well, the Our Father. Now, I'm going to describe the Our Father to you and explain it to you. Notice that our blessed Lord said, when you pray, say, Our Father. Our Lord did not say, My Father. It is interesting to go through the Gospels and note that never once did our Lord say of you and me and himself, our Father. He said, I will ascend to my Father and your Father, never our Father. Why? Because he's, he is God. He's the natural son of God. We're only the adopted children. And he makes that distinction. So he says to us, when you pray, you say, Our Father. Now, we do not get the full impact of this, but just put yourself in the mentality of the Jews who heard it. Remember that the name of God was so sacred to the Jews that there was one name for him they would never pronounce. It was too sacred. And even in the Old Testament, we find only two or three instances in which God is called Father, and then there's always another word to modify it. They were so very careful to glorify the Heavenly Father. Now, when we come, however, to our blessed Lord, see the familiarity with which he talks about his Father. He says, my Father's working until now, and I work. The night of the Last Supper, when Philip said, show us the Father, our Lord said, Philip, Philip, have I been with you all this time and still you do not understand? The Father and I are one. So the Jews, therefore, stood at a great distance from the name of God. Now, our blessed Lord used a word which we use only when we're children. When our blessed Lord spoke to his heavenly Father, he used very often, and probably throughout the entire gospel, but we know on certain occasions, he used the word Abba, A-B-B-A. It is not a good Aramaic word. And our Lord spoke Aramaic. What is Abba? for father. Is it just father in the abstract sense of the word? No. Children have a pet name for their father. It may, might, for example, at the very beginning of a child's life, be Dada. Now that's what Abba means. It was the child's name for the father. So contrast on one side 
the fear of the Jews of ever pronouncing the name of God and then our blessed Lord coming to earth and calling him Abba. That's why they picked up stones on three occasions to, to kill him. And he said, why do you do this? And they said, because you made yourself one with the Father. Sure, his nature was one with the Father. And so important is this word Abba that when St. Paul began preaching the gospel of our Lord to the Greeks, when he wrote, he wrote in Greek. He took the Aramaic word Abba and kept it in the Greek. So that in two of his letters, one of them uh, in the Romans and the other to the Galatians, he tells his people, remember that your father is Abba, that he has given you the spirit of adoption to be his children. So this is the beginning of the Our Father, Our Father, then who art in heaven. We start above. We can never lift ourselves by the lobes of our ears. We live in a horizontal world where we believe we help one another, but the real help that makes us new creatures and children of God has to come from above. Hence, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That means, may it be sanctified, may it be glorified, and may you be worshipped. Now, what is worship? For example, we think, well, why does God demand our worship? Is he sitting up there in a golden throne, waiting for us as obedient servants of him to prostrate ourselves before him in worship? Is that the meaning of worship? No. Now, when, how often, for example, a little girl in the springtime, girl about three or four, will go out into the garden, into the yard, and pick up dandelions, and bring dandelions into the mother. Now, let me tell you that those dandelions are a bore to the mother. She wouldn't admit it. She doesn't need the dandelions. But has any mother in the world, when she's taken these dandelions, ever thrown them out into the garbage? No, she said, oh, how nice of you, dear. You love me, don't you? And so the mother accepts that worship in order to train the daughter to be loving. Now, that's what worship is. In the theater, for example, we applaud. Applaud means worthful. That's worship. Now, a week ago Sunday, I gave a retreat to about 1,200 actors and actresses in New York at the Majestic Theater. The retreat lasted all day. And about six or seven times during the day, I would come out and and talk to all of these people who were so trained in the theater. Well, unlike other audiences, 
on the stage, they appreciate applause. They live by applause. So they think that anyone who appears on the stage must live by it too. So very often in the course of a talk, they would interrupt what I was saying by applause. Why? Because it was a manifestation of worthfulness. That's what worship is. God doesn't need it. We need it. So hallowed be thy name. Now thus far, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. These two phrases go together. Now we priests who are used to reading the Psalms and the scriptures have always noticed in the scriptures the balance of phrase. For example, in the Psalms you'll find a sentence, thy statutes, O Lord, are good. Then the other half, thy commandments are wise. In the second half, we say the same idea as we do in the first, but we just put it in different words. So in the Our Father, these two phrases, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, mean practically the same. How do we get into the kingdom of God? By doing his will. Now, many are going to get into the kingdom of God because they're doing his will according to their lights. But suppose we do not do his will. My finger pointed vertically signifies the will of God because it points to heaven. My finger horizontally represents my will because it's earthy and flat. Suppose I take my will and put it across God's will. When I do that, I get physically across. Psychologically, I get a complex. That's how we get mixed up. Now, I hope I have a pencil here. I'll use that as an illustration, too. Here is a pencil. Is this pencil good? Yes, it's good pencil. Why? Because it writes. That's the way you know when anything is good, if it fulfills the purpose for which it is made. When, therefore, I want this pencil to write God, it writes the word God. Suppose this pencil had a will of its own. And suppose when I wanted to write the word God, it wrote the word dog. I couldn't do anything with it. That is why when we fail to live up to God's law, he can't use us, as I couldn't use this pencil. We lack his power. And the more effective any person is in the church and in the world depends upon his relatedness to being under the hand of God so that he can use us as instruments. Or to give you another example, suppose I try to open a tomato can with this pencil. Now I do my own cooking, so I'm used to opening cans, but not with pencils. 
and I'm a terrible cook. Betty Crocker one day saw me cooking through a brick through the window. Suppose now I tried, I tried to open a tomato can with this pencil. One, I wouldn't open the can. And two, I would ruin the pencil. So when we try, try to achieve happiness in some other way than a God-appointed way, supposed by drugs or alcohol or vice, anything of that kind, we think we're going to get a lot of pleasure out of it, but actually we never get the pleasure we intended and we hurt ourselves. Thus the prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, means that we enter into the kingdom of God by doing his will, and that makes us happy. This is the secret of peace. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Notice that the petitions of the Our Father have a division in the middle. The first three petitions refer to the heavenly, to God. Then we get this middle one. We can't live without bread. So we appeal to God for our daily subsistence. Give us this day our daily bread. But it could also mean and there is a suggestion of it in the original in the gospel. Give us this day our super substantial bread, namely the Eucharist. So very often the apostles misunderstood our blessed Lord when he spoke of bread. When they were crossing the lake in the storm, they became frightened, and our blessed in the gospel gives the explanation. They did not take account of the mystery of the bread, of the miracle of the bread, when our blessed Lord multiplied the loaves and fishes in order to remind them that he had power to give us the bread of life. So the giving us, give us this day our daily bread, therefore, means not only that which is necessary for daily life, but in an applied sense also the Eucharist. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiveness is reciprocal. We are forgiven by God as we forgive our neighbor. Our Lord mentioned that in the continuation of the gospel. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. If we, however, hold grudges, we shut off the forgiveness of God. He cannot give it to us. Now, this forgiveness of God sometimes will require great effort on our part. I have a friends, I have friends, husband and wife, who suffered a great deal in prison. 
but before they were in prison under the communists. The husband was visited by the Nazi, by a Nazi. The husband and wife were Jew, born Jew, but then Lutheran. And the husband said to the Nazi, what have you been doing the last two weeks? He said, killing Jews. How many did you kill? Oh, he said about 30,000 in two weeks. Were you in this particular village? Yes. How many Jews did you kill there? Oh, he said, I killed every Jew in that town. Do you ever ask God for forgiveness? No, I don't believe there's any such thing as forgiveness. And the husband said, let us see. My wife, Sabina, is upstairs asleep. She has not heard this conversation. I shall call her down. He said, Sabina, this is the man who killed your father, your mother, your three brothers, and two sisters. Sabina looked at him intently and then threw her arms around his neck and kissed him and said, as God forgives you, I forgive you. And the Nazi threw himself on his knees and begged forgiveness. So forgiveness is reciprocal. And lead us not into temptation. That means trial. Do not bring us into any trial that will be too great for us. First of all, we have trials. Remember that our blessed Lord said, in this world you will have tribulation. This life is not supposed to be easy. We're working out something. Life is a combat, a warfare. So we're asking God, please, do not put me into any war that may be too great for me. lest I fall or be wounded. But deliver us from evil. Actually, it is not the proper ending, is not deliver us from evil, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the devil. Deliver us from Satan. And there is a devil. Then at the end, we say, Amen. Amen means, I've said it. May I live up to it. May it be fulfilled in me. You never heard our blessed Lord say at the end of a prayer, Amen. We put the Amen in there. Our Lord did not, unless it was meant for us to say it, as he actually did say. Our Lord always began his sentences when he wished to emphasize something with, Amen, Amen, I say to you. In other words, I give you the truth, Amen, Amen.
We put the amen at the very end. Now this is the Our Father that we say so often. We will say it during the Mass. And now I hope that it will have new meaning for you. And how do we know now that the Heavenly Father is so good? Well, we know it because our Lord has told us. You know, it almost seems as if the three persons of the Blessed Trinity are playing hide-and-seek. We never knew the Father well until the Son came and told us. Then we knew the Father was full of love and mercy. How do we know our Lord? If our Lord reveals the Father, who reveals our Lord? The Holy Spirit. So our Lord said, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will reveal me, who will make me clear to you. This is the purpose of the Spirit. Not odd manifestations. Any spirit that does not come to deepen this love of our blessed Lord and become truly his spirit is not the spirit of Christ. I suppose I could sum up the Our Father by telling you never to be discouraged. You have a heavenly Father, and now this morning you have learned some Aramaic, and it would be well occasionally to think of yourselves as little children, because remember, only no old people are ever going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Our Lord said, unless you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to become young. And if you think yourself young, you will begin calling the Heavenly Father in your mind and soul, Abba. Abba. Abba, who art in heaven. God love you.